Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Alexandria Agresta. She is the co-founder and co-owner of Purpose Pioneers and also a TEDx speaker. How are you doing today, Alexandria? I am awesome. I am just so excited to get in, into even more magical conversation with you, Brad. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your lovely magical journey. I'm really excited to jump in and I appreciate you being here today. Yeah. I uh, just shout out to Cecilia. She connected us. Yes. And I'm so grateful that she brought us together. It, you know, I just, I feel when we got connected, I just felt very strongly like, oh, it was, it was just a matter of time before we connected, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. Shout out to Cecilia. Indeed. She's yeah. a wonderful human being and is great at connecting people that should be connected. So yeah. Well, let's jump right in. So as I mentioned, you are the co-founder, co-owner of Purpose Pioneers. You are a TEDx speaker. I want to start off by speaking about your journey into the world of being and becoming a TEDx speaker. I mean, that's a dream for a lot of people out there. So was this something that was on your bucket list? Was this a bucket list item for you? Yeah, that's a great question. It definitely was. I first saw my business partner, Thomas, get involved with the TEDx chapter. And then it, it just planted the seed. I was like, I want to be on that stage. You know, we all have our favorite TEDx talks. I had my whole list yeah. of TEDx talks that I loved. And I was like, you know, I belong on that stage. I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to get there at the time, Yeah, but I knew that I was going to get on that TEDx stage. <laughs> so how did the opportunity come about for you to be on that red dot and share your story? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I was first getting to be a witness to my business partner, Thomas, being involved in the chapter. He was an organizer. He emceed an event. He was a speaker coach. So I just got to witness it, you know, from the sidelines. Yeah. And then from there, I'm like, all right, like how, you know, how am I going to get involved in this? What does that look like? And really fortunately, I became a speaker coach for a chapter in Colorado, a mutual friend of mine who you know, we were in the community together. We just, you know, really loved each other and saw a lot of value in each other. So I brought him on for things. And then he brought me on to be a speaker coach for a chapter. So I got to, you know, kind of take the backdoor route instead wow. of getting on the stage myself first, I got to really be immersed in it. And honestly, Brad, I believe that is the best approach to get on the TEDx stage. And honestly, really anything that you want, if you can immerse yourself mm -hmm. on the inside first, then for me, I was so immersed in it as a speaker coach. And then from there, I got asked to create an entire speaking coaching program for a yeah. new chapter. So I got to build this amazing program out for selected speakers. And now I, I'm still running that. So I cultivated so much in the arena wisdom from just being on the inside that yeah. my confidence and certainty levels were skyrocketing. I was like, 
of course, the, the natural next step is I'm going to get my butt on that TEDx stage. Absolutely. So when I was ready to put my name in the hat, I ended up getting a yes on the first try. It was, it was really incredible. So yeah, I think really to attract anything I, I believe in your life is how can you get boots on the ground in yeah. it? to make the outcome that you want inevitable. Because that, I mean, it's not very common for people to get accepted on the first application, correct? Yes, it's not common. Uh, a lot of people apply dozens, sometimes hundreds yeah. of times. And so not only with myself did I get it on the first try, but the, the TEDx talks that we landed last year and into this year, all of them got it by the second try, which wow. is just mind blowing to me. It just That's phenomenal. Yeah. And again, like our strategy, it's just so dialed in because of me being on the inside and just seeing right. what works, what doesn't, what gets people selected, what pe gets people rejected. So it's just yeah. been an absolute honor to really help people make this almost ambiguous unattainable dream come true very quickly. So I'm very curious then. So you've got two schools of method here where you can work and get in the back door, which I'm curious, how, how would you suggest to someone to get in the back door and start in that way? And then what is the actual application process or process? Could you walk us through that in order to become a TEDx speaker, like how that whole thing works? Yes. I have three really, I love a good old three-stepper. Okay. Three really great steps for okay. just to, you know, make this possibility, you know, bring that down to earth. But to answer your first question, you know, it's, it's not like you have to become a speaker coach, right? You right. don't have to take on that role, but become a volunteer, go volunteer okay. for a local TEDx event that's coming up in your community and just be a face in the community. Yeah. I've learned with the hundreds, maybe thousands at this point of TEDx chapters across the world, I see a common thread that their almost number one value is community. So okay. if you can be a face in the community, volunteer, you know, uh, you know, offer some of your time and energy to making that chapter amazing. I just, I feel very strongly that it's going to just increase your odds because you're in the orbit, you're in yeah. the frequency of the thing you want, you know? So simple process, right? You know, a lot of people, they like you were saying, it's like, I want to be on the TEDx stage, but it feels so big and it feels yeah. so unattainable. Like where the heck do I start? Right. Yes. So the first thing it's really important. And, and this is like, this is the kicker here. It's really important to be applying with a big idea. Okay. One of the number one reasons that people get rejected from TEDx is they apply with an inspirational story okay. instead of a big idea. So I'm going to give you my definition of okay, what sure. I believe a big idea is, yep. but you know, with inspiration, you don't just want to be inspirational of I've been through this here. So I turned my pain into something beautiful. That's amazing. But with TEDx, they want you to pull out this juicy nugget within your inspirational okay. story, right? To me, a big idea is this concept that has the potential to completely shift the way we see and do things. Okay. So every aspiring TEDx speaker, we got to pull out that big idea that in itself is going to skyrocket your application because okay. it's not just this, you know, endless inspirational. I've been through this thing. It's here's what I found in my trials and tribulations. Here's the thing that is going to be groundbreaking on your TEDx stage. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's number one. Number two, and a lot of people don't know this, you know, this isn't like totally backed up by numbers, but if I'm just rough estimating here, yeah. I would say, you know, 80 to 85% of TEDx chapters choose local speakers. Okay. Because if, if you understand how TED works, so TED is, it's TED first. It's this organization that came out. They had two conferences a year where they gathered all the greatest thought leaders that would do a TED talk. 
it got so big and so popular and so amazing that local communities were like, I want to bring a TED to my city. So that's where TEDx came into play, where this is an independently run chapter where you get the license to use TED as the brand and as the experience. Okay. So that's what a TEDx is. And you're still giving the, you know, a, a TED talk. It's a TEDx talk, same thing. But if you understand the, the inner workings of it, if you think about it, if I open a TEDx chapter in my local community, I'm going to want to select and source local talent and show the world how amazing my thought leaders in my city are. From you know the, the different chapters I've been a, a part of, I've seen that consistently that about 80 to 85% of people that are getting selected are local to that city or to that state. So I always recommend start with your state first of finding those TEDx events and then go from there. And then the last and most important part of the TEDx process is once you have your big idea Mm -hmm. and once you have the local stage on that application, what is going to get you closer to the yes is beautifully showing the TEDx chapter, how your big idea is in perfect alignment with the theme of their event. Every event, they'll select a theme. Okay. And they, they're going to select speakers that can bring that theme to life. It's, it's very similar to if you have a smooth jazz playlist, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a hard rock song. Yes. Jazz playlist. So <laughs> That's right. think of each TEDx event as this playlist. And you have to show them that you're the perfect song for the playlist. So that right there is what has turned applications into this just inspirational story, pick me, I know this is going to be amazing, to here's my big idea, here's how it's going to change the game, and here's why it's the perfect fit for your theme. You see that powerful shift? and Yeah. Right? Like that's going to get you on that big red dot. (laughs) When you can tick all three of those boxes. Yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So how did that feel for you to be on that big red dot? Was it like a fuck? Yeah. I finally arrived once you accomplished that. I mean, it's a huge deal to do a Ted talk. Yeah. You know, Brad, it just, it felt like just a natural next step for me. It totally Mm. was. It was exciting. It was invigorating. I was freaking out, but it was, (laughs) it was really just the unfolding. It it was just this knowing this of, I know that I'm supposed to be here I know that this was going to come. I, I didn't know when, but I just knew. Yeah. So it definitely was like a fuck. Yes, I did this moment. Yeah. But at the same time, it was, it was just this knowingness of, of course this happened. Right. And, <laughs> and that's what I want for everyone. I, I want all, you know, all the people that we help get on the TEDx stage. I always reinforce them. I'm like, you're supposed to be here. Like that, mm. that imposter syndrome that steps in of like, who am I to share this? You are the person to share this. Yeah, This is an inevitable next step for you. And when we can really own our message and own our truth, these seemingly big stages, they don't feel unattainable anymore. So right. it was a total hell yes, this is amazing. And it yeah. was just like, of course, this, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the confidence. It's great. Yeah. So I've got a question then. I want to go back to your third step in the process yeah. there. And what you had just mentioned, you help people get on the TEDx stage. So as you mentioned, that third step is aligning your message, your yes. big idea with the theme. So what happens if let's say for me, let's just use me as an example. So I want to do a TEDx talk, a TEDx talk here in Toronto. And let's say they come, they're coming through town and my big idea does not align with their theme. How do we deal with that? Like, is that just not the time for me to do it? And I just have to wait till the theme 
comes up or do we craft the message and the big idea around the theme? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, we would just have to really assess the theme. And and here's what's cool. TEDx themes are usually broad. So it's not this like very specific thing. Sometimes it is for more technical talks, but it's usually broad and you get to feel into, you know, does my talk really align with that? If it's a hell yes, then that is a really good stage for you. If it's like, maybe, but you know, maybe we might have to tweak a couple things and just reword some things. So there is a way to connect your big idea with the theme. You don't want to become the theme, right? but we can build that bridge. Now, if it's really just pushing it and we're like, "Mm, (laughs) we'd really have to really, you know, work some crazy things here to make it fit, then that's just not an aligned stage for you. And so then what would happen with those people that that doesn't work out like that? If they go through your program and it just doesn't line up when it's coming to their town, you have to, I mean, how, how, first of all, how often do these Ted talks go to each city and is it a matter of waiting six months, a year, two years before you can do your Ted talk? Like, I'm just curious how that would work. Yeah. So there are TEDx events happening all throughout the year, all over the world. So you know, you're, you're in Canada, right? I imagine that there are a handful of things going on around you. I know it's, you know, I'm in the States and I know it's a little bit different. We have States and I know you have provinces, right? So, you know, maybe we look at a couple of provinces and not just the one that you're in, right? Because local might be a little bit different in Canada versus the U S right. So, you know, how, what I like to teach my aspiring TEDx speakers is let's not put all of our eggs in one basket. Yeah. I like to start everyone with three local chapters again okay. local to your city or state or for you it'd be provinces yeah. maybe we go a little bit beyond yeah. so we'll start with three yeah. and then you know you do have to keep in mind sometimes we're working within event deadlines that are out of our control yeah. so you know i've had you know with our 30 day tedx accelerator i've had people land a stage as quickly as you know a couple of weeks out but again the event deadline was on it happened to be right in the 30 days of our program. Yeah. Now, some people, if it's not happening that quickly, maybe they identified a stage that's going to be opening in a couple of months. Right. So, you know, I've, I've seen anywhere from one of our speakers getting a TEDx talk as soon as a couple of weeks out from our yeah. program, all yeah. the way to about six months. Okay. So I like to give everyone a good window and just, just to be aware of the things that are out of your control, event deadlines, you know, things like that. But yeah, yeah, I haven't really seen it go past the the six months so far. But I think, you know, if we can, I think about people who join our program, if we can get you something within the year, we're doing it right. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, Alexandria, how much prep went into your talk? And what was the theme and subject matter of your talk? All right, Brad, you are going to LOL at this. So you ready for this? I (laughs) got to answer your your second part of the question first. So for the answer to this to be hilarious and make the most sense. So my big idea that I took the TEDx stage with uh, back in, oh my God, it was like a year and a half ago now. Oh my goodness. It feels like yesterday. Things don't take time. They take courage. So it's all about just debunking this myth of time that things just take time in life. Yeah. change takes time and all these things take time. And I've just always challenged that and asked, well, what if it doesn't take time? What if time is just a witness? And that's all it is. It just watches Hmm. us do stuff and not do stuff. It actually has no part in becoming the person that we want to be and doing the things that we want to do. So I got selected. I'm going to give you the timeline here. I got selected, I think like February 4th. I had to give the talk on February 24th. So talk about, (laughs) talk about things don't take time. They take courage. I was like, 
I know. I was like, well, I got to put this into motion. So I the universe yeah, I speaking about, right there. Yeah. I had about <laughs> two and a half weeks, which was crazy. I, you know, I think that was like an outlier, all the other chapters <laughs> that I've worked with and that, you know, my speakers have got selected for, they have at least, you know, a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes three. But talk about yeah. pressure. Yeah. It was literally insane. I cleared my calendar for two weeks and did nothing but work on this talk. I was like talking to the air conditioner. It was my audience. <laughs> it was, it was incredible, but it was just, I was meant to yeah. be on that specific TEDx stage. I was meant to have that tight two and a half container yeah. because that was my TEDx moment to literally yeah. put what I'm going to talk about on the stage into motion. So that's another thing, Brad, is I really like to bring in the, the almost spiritual element of yeah. TEDx of don't get attached to a certain stage. Don't get attached to a certain timeline. You will get on the right TEDx stage that your big idea is meant to be birthed on. There you go. And if you trust in that, your TEDx experience is going to be remarkable. That's an awesome way to look at it. That's beautiful. So how long are the TEDx talks supposed to be? Like what kind of a time, speaking of time, what kind of a window do you have for your talk? Yeah, so it can be anywhere from three to 18 minutes. Okay. So I've seen a TEDx talk as, as short as five minutes. Yeah. And I've seen all the way up to 18. I, I was aiming for like 12 minutes. That's usually what I recommend. It's just okay. a good digestible time, but yeah. I took up. I took up the whole 18 minutes. So <laughs> if, hey, it, it's not about the time, right? It's about yep, what you're exactly. saying. It's exactly. about the, the potent message. So yeah, you know, I usually suggest 12 minutes, but heck, if you want to use all 18 minutes, that's the the time that you have. For sure. Now, this is a great segue into my next question. Of, and it ties into what we just spoke about your subject matter, your theme, your mantra is things don't take time, they take courage. So where did this mantra come from? And why does it resonate for you so much? Why is it so personally important to you? Oh my God, I'm getting all the chills just getting asked this question because <laughs> this philosophy, it just, it is me. It took root in my soul many years ago. And I just, I really believe that this philosophy has helped me become the person that I want to be, do the things I want to do in record breaking time. So, you know, I, I always try and pinpoint like the exact moment when this took root in my soul, because I'm actually currently writing the book. So I'm writing oh. like the intro story, right? Okay. Yeah. And I dated it back to, there was this time we had just started Purpose Pioneers and Thomas and I, we were hanging out the co-working space. We had some meeting to go to, I don't remember what, and we had to create some type of flyer for some reason. And I had it on my to-do list. I completely forgot to do it. <laughs> and we had to go to this meeting and like, 12 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? We, we have to bring this, whatever this certain material was, we have to bring this to the meeting. So I'm sitting there. And of course, you know, my rational mind is, all right, we let's cancel the meeting. We'll reschedule it. I clearly can't do this. I can't yeah. create this beautiful flyer in 11 minutes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. So my rational mind is, oh, get back to safety. Don't do that yeah. thing. And then we like walk over to the printer and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And I don't know, Brad, it was just the most magical moment. I was like, well, I mean, I guess it really, it won't take me time. And then Thomas just naturally blurts out. He's like, it'll take courage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this crazy moment by That's the printer awesome. where these, where this philosophy was like birthed through us. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do this in 11 <laughs> minutes. And Brad, that flyer was the most beautiful, epic flyer I've ever made in 11 minutes. And it was just, it's just this beautiful, you know, moment of you can astound yourself at what is possible when you break free of the construct of time and just yeah. do the damn thing. Right. And in that moment, 
what font am I going to use? What colors am I going to use? What images? It's just, it all goes out the window. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I just stepped into the flow of courage and everything came to me. And it was this amazing, incredible, you know, birthing of this philosophy. So that's how it happened at the printer, (laughs) making this crazy flyer. And um, it took root in my soul and it's helped me do the incredible things that I've done in, in just a short amount of time. And it gets me excited and hopeful at, at all For the sure. other things that I yeah. know that I can do yeah. with this philosophy by my side. And the rest, as they say, is history. I love it. That's beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Purpose Pioneers. Now, first of all, I love the name. How did you come up with the name for the business? And what does that name mean to you? How do you define it? What is a Purpose Pioneer? Oh, Brad, you're crushing it with the question. Seriously. <laughs> All right. So another quick, fun story. Okay. So the way that Purpose Pioneers got birthed and was named. So Not the water cooler, I, right? Yeah, right. It was another co-working space moment yeah. with whiteboard. So, you know, Thomas and I, we, when we became friends, we had our own individual companies, but we were almost like in supportive roles with each other where we'd be hanging out at the co-working space and just naturally, you know, doing sessions with each other, helping each other out. And it was so funny. We kept saying, maybe we'll start a business one day. Maybe we'll come together. Yeah. Well, Purpose Pioneers had a much faster timeline (laughs) and was like, you two are the chosen one. You are going to do this together. So literally maybe three months later. I get a call from Thomas and he's like, Hey, listen, I know we keep saying one day, someday I, you know, I I came to him the week before and I was like, we have to do this. Do you want to do this? And he turned me down. I was like, all right. So I get a call and he's like, Hey, listen, I know I turned you down last week. I know we keep saying one day, someday, but get your ass to the co-working space. I have to show you something, get my butt to the co-working space. And I walk in and he just gives me this look and he just turns the laptop towards me. (laughs) And it's just, It's this big name and it just says Purpose Pioneers. And we looked at each other without knowing what the hell this journey was going to be. We were like, yep, this is it. (laughs) It it found us like Purpose Pioneers literally found us. I'm getting goosebumps just reflecting on that moment. So what a Purpose Pioneer, you know, means to me and what a Purpose Pioneer is, is it's someone who embraces the unknown with a courageous and curious spirit. It's someone who wants to show people the next frontier, new ways of being, new possibilities. It's someone that goes beyond right and wrong. And to this place that we call the field of possibility, it's really someone who embodies what it means to further something remarkable in this lifetime and birth a movement that people want to be a part of. Love it. That is fucking powerful. I love <laughs> hey, that. Pur- Purpose Pioneers, man, it has, it has a mind of its own. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, you, you're just going along for the ride. Seriously, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, you know, like it's Purpose Pioneers who's, who's dragging me along. Yeah, like, all right, sister, what are we doing today? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your alter ego. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about Purpose Pioneers? What's it all about? And when was it birthed? Like how long has it been in existence now? Yes. Yeah, so we're actually going on our five-year anniversary. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah. So it's been quite the ride. We're, we're really in it and we're, we're at that point. I mean, we've always been fully committed to this, but it's, it's been a really cool moment of, we just keep getting invited into our next level and next level. And, you know, Purpose Pioneers, like I said, has, has a journey and a mind of its own. And we just get to keep coming along for the ride and surprising ourselves and astounding ourselves at what's possible for us. So really excited about that. What Purpose Pioneers is all about. So when we birthed Purpose Pioneers, we were just obsessed with how do we create a world where people fully align what they do to make money 
with what they do to experience meaning and fulfillment in their lives. You know, there was once a time where people unfortunately could not choose or could not have both. They had to choose one or the other, do what you love or make money. But, you know, we're in a time where we have so many options and so many possibilities that we don't have to choose anymore. We can do what we love and receive abundance for doing so. So we just kept coming back to this sweet spot where like, there has to be another way to do business. Thomas had experienced nonprofits. I had experienced for profits and it was the pendulum was just way too much on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And we were like, there has to be another way. Like what's the field in between. So that is the core belief of what purpose pioneers was birthed on really aligning meaning with money, purpose with profit, and showing people that you can be in this beautiful dance between doing what you love and doing things that are meaningful to you and your team and being valuable to your customer. And when you're there, you're literally unstoppable. It's effortless. It's flowy. It's ease. It's real value in the marketplace. And really, you know, this philosophy, we've seen it turn businesses into these journeys of personal growth these journeys of transformation, these journeys of healing. And that's what we always imagined business could be. So that's what it was birthed on. And and how we bring that tangibly to life is we turn entrepreneurs into thought leaders and businesses into movements. So we're really just taking entrepreneurs and businesses to that next frontier of number one, you're no longer an entrepreneur. You are a thought leader with a message. And that message belongs on a stage where you can be magnetic, where you can be inspiring people, impacting people, influencing people. And then to me, a business to a movement is a business is, you know, at its bare bones, a, a selling a product or service that yeah. can help someone, yeah. which is great. Love that. But to me, a movement, it goes beyond. You're not selling products anymore or services. You're selling feelings. You're selling a being. You're selling a transformation. You're selling a possibility. And I believe we're in a time where people are begging for the more. They're begging to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They talk about the purpose. Purpose is the nucleus of a movement. And I just believe we're in a time where businesses, it's time that we step up. It's time that we get to that depth. It's time that we turn our businesses into this unstoppable force that helps people be who they want to be, do what they want to do and be around others just like them. Love it. So who is your ideal client then, Alexandria? Yeah. So we actually have two. We have two things that have just shaken out from doing our thing in the arena and and, uh, putting Purpose Pioneers out to the world. So we have one person that's usually the solopreneur and they're doing great in business. They, you know, have a baseline level of success and they're, they're really ready to become that thought leader in their industry. They're ready to speak a message that captivates people. They're ready to just break through the next level of success. Yeah. And they, they keep coming back to like this stage thing. They're okay. like, usually my people are like, Alex, you know, I've, I've been told I need to speak. I know I have the speaking gift and now it's really ready to emerge. So that's one person that we work with these solopreneurs that are ready to break through the next level of success yeah. through speaking on stage. Okay. They want to get the TEDx talk. They want to be on the stages. They want to start the podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah. And then the other person is more of teams. So we've worked with teams up to our sweet spot is, you know, anywhere from three to 15 people. And these teams are similar. They're ready to break through the next level of success. They've always dreamed that they could have a culture of meaning and purpose. They've always dreamed that they could be this movement, but they don't really have the system. They don't know the mechanics of how to execute this. So that's where we go in and we do a lot of leadership work, culture work, 
We're helping them implement our movement system to get that team to be in again in that sweet spot. So woven from the same cloth, just two different types of people that seek us out to come in and help them implement this movement philosophy. Very cool. So what would you say lights you up or inspires you the most? What is the most rewarding part of the work you do at Purpose Pioneers? Yeah, you know, it's that moment when people finally remember a possibility that they've forgotten. That moment is what gets me out of bed every morning. It's beyond just the light bulb moment. It's not just the aha. It's the, oh my God, I've always felt this to be true. And I've always known this could be a thing, but I buried it, right? Maybe someone told me I couldn't. Maybe society told me this is not possible. So we bury possibility. And I love being that person that's willing to go to that place, willing to shake things up, willing to open that Pandora's box and the possibility pops out. And to see that possibility moment within my people's faces and their whole, it's like, it's this moment of they finally get to be the person that they've always dreamed of being. That is the, I'm getting teary. I just <laughs> saying it. that's, that is why I do what I do. And I, you know, when I get asked that question, what do you want to be remembered for when it's your last, yeah. breath, last breath? Yeah. I always say, I want to be remembered for showing people the possibility that they've forgotten. Love it. That yeah. is so powerful. Now, you started your entrepreneurial journey pretty early on. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur and how you got here to this point? I guess my entrepreneurial journey started when I was doing sidewalk sales. (laughs) I I would line up all my old stuff. My dad got me a cash register. I'm wheeling and dealing. My mom loves this story. She's like, Al, with a sidewalk sale, you literally made like $700. I was like, really? I was like nine. (laughs) So, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit, I, you know, I think it came with me. I think it's always been in me. I was very fortunate to grow up with a mom and a dad who are both entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I got to see that entrepreneurial spirit brought to life. I got to see, do what you love and you can make a living doing this and you can really change lives doing what you love. So again, I just feel very fortunate that I got to see that growing up. And it was just only a matter of time until I started my own thing. And, you know, I, I did the whole college thing because I thought, honestly, my dad didn't even push for me to go to college. He's like, you can do it or not. I thought I had to. I was like, this is what all my friends are doing. So I yeah. guess I have to do the college thing. I'm grateful I did it. I do have a degree, which is awesome. But once I got there, I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? I don't want to just be in a room learning a bunch of stuff. I want to be out there, boots on the ground. I want to yeah. be learning the grit and getting like my life degree. So I actually started my first business when I was 20 years old in college. Yeah. And it was, it just grew and it progressed. And then eventually it morphed into purpose pioneers. And man, I I couldn't imagine life not being an entrepreneur now that I'm so deep in it, you know? Yeah. I think once people get a taste of it and how incredible it is and the things you're able to accomplish and do, I, I don't think many people could go back to working for somebody after having a taste of that life. Oh yeah. I I cannot agree with that more. You know, to me, entrepreneurship, it almost, for lack of a better term, it almost forces you into astounding yourself at what you're capable of. Yeah. Learning new skills, resiliency. Like you can't learn these things if you're just in a textbook and in a room getting ready to do the thing, to do the thing. Like I've just always wanted to hurl myself into the deep end and freaking learn it for myself. And to me, entrepreneurship 
best brings that to life. Oh, for sure. It pushes you. It stretches you in ways you never thought you could be stretched. It's incredible. So you'll love this, Brad. We call that purpose yoga at Purpose Pioneers. (laughs) I love it. We're like, oh, we're doing a little purpose yoga today. That's (laughs) awesome. I love that term. So what excites you the most about being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I honestly think it's exactly what we were saying. What Mm. excites me most is every day is my oyster. I get to surprise myself at what I can do. I get to astound myself at what I'm capable of. Every day I get to peel back the layers of my potential. Like every day to me as an entrepreneur is this journey of becoming. And, you know, I I think about this conversation around loving yourself, right? Loving yourself and trusting yourself by choosing to be an entrepreneur it has indirectly slash directly hurled me into a journey of self-love. Like I love who I am every day. And I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I'm never going to be perfect, but I love the version of myself that I am that day. And that's my hope and just want for everyone is just to love who you are that day. Know that you're doing the best with what you got. And as long as we are committed to again, peeling back the layers of our potential and doing what we can to become the person we want to be in this lifetime. That to me is a life worth living and a one that's going to be remembered. And I just always, I'm like, what structure is going to help me do all of that? And it always brings me back to being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I agree with you 100%. So what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about being an entrepreneur that you found in your journey? Oh man, immediately what comes to mind is the dance between certainty and uncertainty. (laughs) Like that, oh man. And you know, in a perfect world, it'd be like 80, 20, 80% certainty, 20% yeah. uncertainty. But, yeah. you know, unfortunately it's, it's backwards. It's yes. 80% uncertainty, yeah. <laughs> 20% certainty. So that's really been the toughest part, but here's what's cool, Brad, the, the silver lining in, in the uncertainty is I had no option, but to build unshakable faith in the unknown, build unshakable trust in myself. So you know, although the the shadow side of uncertainty is it puts our mind in a spiral is at the same time, the useful contrast is it hurls us into, all right, well, I have no option, but to build, build faith and build a relationship with the unknown. So while, you know, there are days where I'm like, for the love of God, can I have some certainty? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I just always go back to, I'm grateful for the now and what I'm experiencing because I've now settled on, I am safe in the uncertainty and I'm safe in the unknown. It's all about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's, that's a huge thing. Huge part of it it. right there. Yeah, for sure. Now, being an entrepreneur, of course, is not for the faint of heart. It's a tough journey, but in my opinion, it's incredibly rewarding. And as we said, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way or doing anything else. I could—I don't think I could ever go back to working for someone. So I'm curious, Alexandria, what is the one piece of advice you would offer to someone who is thinking about making the leap into the world of entrepreneurship? Mm, you know, immediately where my gut goes to is my piece of advice would be a question. And it would be, what would your life look like if you didn't take the leap? And if you didn't take the leap, when it's your last breath, would you look back and be proud and excited and really feeling like that was the life that you were supposed to live? That to me, that is the ultimate litmus test, right? We're always so focused on, well, what's going to happen if I leave? I like to focus on what's going to happen if you don't leap? Is that route you're going to take? Is that the person you want to be? 
is that the thing you want to do? And yeah. usually it's a gut. Hell no. I know yeah. I have to take the leap. I want to do this. I want to be this person. Right. So if we can like parse apart what our life would look like if we did it and if we didn't do it, I think it, it makes the decision and the leap just a little bit easier. For sure. I would agree. And I, you know, it's funny people say, well, you got to have a plan and you got to figure all this out. In my opinion, anyways, I don't know about you, but me, I was just like, fuck it. If I don't do it now, I'll fucking never do it. And I'll keep pushing it off and pushing it off. I didn't have any plan, none whatsoever. I just leapt. I mean, of course, I think that a support system is absolutely paramount and essential, but I think you can spend so much time getting caught up in the details and then you'll never end up doing it. Just fucking do it and figure it out as you go is my way of thinking. You know how I feel about a plan? Fuck a plan. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. You don't need a plan. You just need some general structure. If you try and create this linear step-by-step plan, you will literally be in an endless rat race of getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready. And then- 10, 20, 30 years later, you're like, oh shit, I'm literally not doing the thing that I want to do. So, and 30 years have passed me by. Right. And then it's like, oh my God, like it's one of those moments where you wake up and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Yeah. You don't have to get to that moment. No. So, to me, you know, and this is because, you know, we're purpose pioneers, right? Yeah. Big part of what we do is inviting people to take a damn leap into the unknown. For sure. And what has made that a little bit easier for myself and for my people is, just some structure to put the mind at ease. The mind loves plans and structures and systems. And the heart says, fuck all of that. Yeah. We are going out at midnight and we're going out and yeah. we're going on an adventure, right? That's so it. if we can almost hack our own system, our own software yes, and give our mind just a little bit of structure, it'll put it at ease. And then we can put the heart in the front seat and then we can take the leap. And honestly, Brad, I know you've, definitely experience this when we leap it's never as scary as the brain no i'm like it's not that big of a deal and honestly i get to a point where i just you know my people just metaphorically right they'll be talking to me and i just like kick their ass into the deep end i'm like no you're just gonna do it you're going in you're jumping in that's it (laughs) you don't have a choice you got your clothes on you're going in the deep end that's it exactly well that's i think that's our mind our ego wanting to keep us safe because that's what that's what ego's job is is to keep us safe right Right. so if we let that drive the car if we let that in the front seat driving the car we're screwed right exactly and and one nugget there that i think has been game changing in in my journey of pioneering the unknown is the mind's definition of safety is vastly different than the heart's definition oh yeah yeah so if we can again parse that apart it'll make these leaps into the unknown just a little bit easier and way more funner. For sure. So what would you say then are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Ooh, I'd say number one, adaptability. At any moment, you have to be open to, it's like a chameleon just changing color and almost changing shape. I think that is an imperative skill because even though, you know, I have my, I have my week planned out, I have my calendar, I have all my things. I wake up every day and I just, I never know what's going to come my way. So yeah. if we can adapt and we are open to being unattached to a certain way, I think that is what makes an incredibly brilliant and successful entrepreneur being For a sure. chameleon. So yeah. that's really number one. Number two is really an extension of that is we have to detach from attachment. If we get too attached to a certain word, to a certain niche, 
to a certain way of doing things, we are going to pigeonhole ourselves in a box that nobody created for ourselves, but us. So, you know, I see, you know, especially in the online coaching world, like you have to have this one thing and you have to do it this one way. And that's great. But to me, it's all about being open to all possibilities and then settling in on, on the strategy and the approach that works for you. And I've realized that not being attached to anything has allowed me to settle on what's truly incredibly aligned for me and my business. For sure. So those, I know those are more like, you know, the soft skills, if you will. So I'll I'll throw in one hard skill. I mean, being in the digital world, you just, you got to be good at some of the digital stuff. So the first one that comes to mind, like you got to be great with Google Cal. You got to be great with Zoom. You got to be good with Canva if you want to make some cute stuff. And, you know, to me, the, the digital world really has made it easy to learn these platforms So, you know, you can become an expert by watching a couple of videos overnight, but I've realized that by me doing that, that tough work of learning these softwares and learning these platforms, it has gone above and beyond. Like our customers, our community can feel the level of intention, the level of, I'm going to learn this thing for my people so I can make this a great experience. It really has allowed us to up our products up our experiences and our people can really feel that. So, you know, with a hard skill, I would say, even if you're not a techie person, you don't have to be, but if you put in that work to learn the little things, that is going to go a very long way. Absolutely. So what would you say then is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? Mm, Cannonballing into the unknown, like a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most entrepreneurial thing about me of all time. It's eerie that my company is Purpose Pioneers. It's just, I'm like, you just can't make this shit up. Like yeah. I'm telling you, Purpose Pioneers chose its own name and then it chose Thomas and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sure. yeah, I think I just, I have the pioneer spirit just built into me. I, yeah. I feel that it came with me at birth. I feel like it's a part of my soul. And it's in your DNA. My, it's a part of my DNA. And yeah. I, you know, I, I think about the pioneers that went out there courageously on, you know, ship boats and ships and found new land at that, you know, I'm like the 2022 modern day version of that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Ooh, I love this question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, I have two gifts and skills that I think are really unique to me. The first one is I just, I have a knack for bringing complex things down to earth and making them simple, right? So, you know, we, even with TEDx, it's like this big ambiguous thing. How do I make this a reality? You know, with becoming a thought leader, birthing a movement, these are all very big things. Yeah. I just, I have this, this, I don't know. I have like this thing in my brain. I don't know. Maybe it like came with my brain. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I have this way of looking at very complex, big, somewhat ambiguous, lofty things and making them real gritty and simple. And I think that right there has created a, a really beautiful magnetism around purpose pioneers, because when you're talking about the intangibles, the heart loves that all day long, but we're part soul, part human. We have yeah. a brain. We're going to need some type of structure to wrap our little squishy brain around the intangibles. Yeah. So that's one of my gifts. That's one of my superpowers. I love making things that feel unattainable, yeah. making them feel inevitable by bringing the sky to soil. And then the second thing, I, I'm just a builder. I love building 
the intangible things, right? Building a movement, building a, a message, these things that the brain can get so hung up on. I love just bringing my gift of building the mountaintop, but making it real and palpable and tangible in human form. Excellent. Yeah. How do you define success? Speaking of success, what does that word mean to you? I equate success with being. So are you being the person that you dream of being when you're laying in bed at night, staring up at the ceiling? Like to me, success is just this journey of becoming. And if every day I have one more notch of me becoming the Alexandria Ray Agresta I want to be, that to me, that is success. And everything that I want from there, it will be a natural outcome. I am attracting my dream customers. I am attracting my dream partner. I am making money, right? Like those to Mm -hmm. me are outcomes of being the person that you want to be, one, and two, being the person you need to be to be able to attract those things that you want. Beautifully said. Yeah. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? I'm going to take this one back to Rocco Agresta, my dad. <laughs> he, he said a couple of very life-changing, transformative things in my life that just changed the trajectory yeah. of my entire life. And one thing that comes to mind is he said to me, he said, Al, but that's what my home friends call me, Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Al, don't let money hold you back. And I was like, damn, okay. Like mm. it's so simple. Yeah. Yet it literally, he, he said this to me, you know, I want to say around like 15, 16, when I'm, you okay. know, starting to become my own person, I got a job, I'm making my own money. I'm making my own decisions. And he said, you know, don't let money hold you back. Really, it's just a tool. And that literally changed everything for me, Brad. It was this moment of having a scarce outlook on life, transmuting into having an abundant outlook on life. Yeah. But now I quite literally see money as a tool. It's not this hairy, scary thing that like locks me in a basement. It's not this thing that prevents me from being who I want to be and doing what I want to do. If anything, it is a tool that I get to use and wield like, like, like avatar, the last airbender vibes. (laughs) It's it's, it's just a tool. It's just a tool to help me move my movement forward, help me do epic things, go to concerts, travel. And that has really empowered me to have a very abundant mindset around success, around money and around business. That's incredible. And that's really what it's all about is that mindset, being able to shift your mindset and have that abundant mindset. Yes. That's what it's all about. And that to me, you know, we all have generational crap around money. Yeah, We have family crap around money. And I really believe we can break free of those stories that we didn't even ask for them, yeah, right? They kind of yeah. were like passed down to us. That's right. I think we can break free of that. And and I, I believe one of the best beliefs to start with is money is just a tool. Love it. Yeah. Well, there you go, people. Remember that money <laughs> is just a tool. Start <laughs> there thank- with the mindset around money. And we can thank Rocco Agresta for there that we one. Go. Thanks, Rocco. <laughs> 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 Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Well, talking to my dad, definitely Rocco Agresta. I'm a daddy's girl through and through. I know you got girls too. So I know we bonded around that. Yeah, He really changed the trajectory of my life. And I really believe he held this beautiful space of nurturing who I was meant to be. He never told me you're not supposed to be that, or you have to be this way or don't do that, right? It was never that environment for me. Yeah, It was this very nourishing, 
lifting me up. I see who you're supposed to be in this lifetime. And I want to help you get to where you want to be. He was almost like dad and guide and friend at the same time. And he never dimmed my light. If anything, he just every day was how can we spark the light even more? And he told me every single day, God, I'm going to start bawling saying these things. <laughs> every single day, he told me, I believe in you. You will always find a way. You're beautiful. And I love you. And that I believe for a little girl to hear that from her hero, her dad, that instilled such life-changing belief and confidence and possibility within myself that I literally don't know that I'd be the person that I am today without him. That is so beautiful. And it's true. It's, you know, we have to instill these values and these small little things into our children at a young age so that they grow up just knowing that that's it. They don't know any different. This is it. Yeah. It's it's just becomes part of who they are and they believe in it so strongly because it's been so reinforced throughout their lives, you know, yeah. and you just don't know any different. That's it. Yeah, exactly. There is yeah. no other option. Exactly. Yeah. If we can create that environment for our children, these sponges that are yeah. just soaking everything in and almost, it's like flip the script on its head that this yeah. is the normal. I believe sure. in you. You can do this. I'm proud of you. That it's that right there is how we create these game changer humans who go out and freaking change the world. Absolutely. Once again, hats off to Rocco. <laughs> Thanks, Rock. Thanks, Big Rock. <laughs> He's going to love this. I can't wait for him I'm to listen sure. to this <laughs> What is the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Ooh, about that one. So I'll answer one for business and one for personal. Okay. So for the business, I actually see our greatest investments is when we're ready to bring on a team member, because okay. that helps me to really delegate and not have to do everything myself all the time. Yeah. So we're actually bringing on two new team members uh, over the next couple of months nice. to just help, help me get to a beautiful state, take some things off of my plate and really allow me to stay in my zone of genius. Yeah. And then we get to bring on people who are in their zone of genius. So beautiful. that's been a huge investment that we are currently making in our yeah. team. I love music. I love music festivals. It is my vice. I've been to like over probably a hundred or 150 concerts over the past like decade. <laughs> I'm crazy. But my boyfriend and I, we and a couple of friends were heading to a, an all day outdoor, really awesome, like mini day music festival uh, actually cool. next weekend. So awesome. that, yeah, that's my personal investment that I make in myself to just fill up my cup and go dance my little butt off. And I always <laughs> come back recharged and creative. And fun fact, most of my Purpose Pioneers ideas actually come after a music festival, which really? is pretty awesome. Interesting. Well, yeah. music is a great inspiration for sure. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's a huge part of my whole being. Yeah. What is your personal motto? I bet you can guess that one. We uh, yes. Well, we already go well, all the way into it. it. Things don't take time. They take, they take courage. courage. That's yep. it. <laughs> I say that pretty much every day. <laughs> Love it. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Ooh, that's an amazing question. I think, you know, what's immediately coming to mind is empowerment is stepping out of my ego stepping out of self-judgment or judgment of others, stepping out of divide, stepping out of difference. And it's showing people that field beyond, right? It's, it's showing people what they can do 
It's seeing the light in someone that maybe they don't see it within themselves, but it's free from conditioning. It's free from judgment. It's really just like, I'm I'm getting goosebumps just (laughs) speaking this out. It, to me, empowerment is being able to recognize someone's light within someone, even if they can't see it within themselves, free from any of the bullshit. (laughs) That to me, that's like pure empowerment. And then the next step is what are we empowering them with? going back to a journey of becoming, helping them be who they want to be in this lifetime. To me, that, that is like real. Like, I feel like the Hulk, my, everything's, I'm like, (laughs) like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do the thing. If, If I can be in this environment where I'm learning the things of helping me become the person I want to be in this nourishing soil that has no judgment or none of the crazy weird shit that our brain does to me, it's that's when we're off to the races. Fuck yes, I love it. Yeah. yeah. You're having a lot of goosebump moments. I love that. I know. It's <laughs> it's awesome. so this is what I teach my speakers. I'm like, listen, get your ass out on stage, yeah. speak your message. You will be advised by your own advice. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, we're gonna jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. If you could have one superhero superpower, what would that be? Time travel, one hundred percent. What is one of your favorite words? Possibility. Would you rather have more time or more money? Mm, More money. Because we don't live according to time. There we go. (laughs) If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Ooh, something around um, the rising and the fall and the rise again of the phoenix. Okay. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that one thing be? Everything and anything is possible. What is one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? Oh my goodness. Mm, The ability to raise the vibration of the planet in an instant. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's a big one. That's a pretty big one. That might be like a 10 year plan. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. If you had a theme song, Alexandria, that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> the <laughs> Pointer Sisters. That because I'm literally just excited about life pretty much all the time. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to be. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> I love that. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> what is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? An unexpected blessing that I'm grateful for. Okay. So I I feel like this one might not make sense right away, but what's immediately coming to mind is my car. So I bought a car when I was 19 years old in college, having no understanding of loans and money and man, Brad, it got me into a doozy financially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, I was able to make this absurd payment on time for six years But it was just, oh, it was a headache. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of shame. It was a lot of guilt of why did I do this? Why did I do this? And, you know, whenever I have shame and guilt, I know that that was supposed to happen and I can turn this into a blessing. So, you know, it's finally paid off. Thank God. (laughs) And, you know, what it taught me is we do the best with what we got. And at 19, I only had a certain level of awareness. I needed this certain thing. I did the best that I could. And there is no room for shame and blame, self-judgment and guilt. The blessing here is it's taught me that every day, if I'm doing the best with what I have, the awareness and consciousness that I have, there is no room for blaming myself for dumb decisions because that decision was supposed to teach me something. There you go. Well said. What is one of your favorite quotes? 
oh my God, like 10 million come to mind, but <laughs> one, I got to do two. Cause these okay. are, these are like my staples. All right. Um, so one, this came from, do you know, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks? Have you heard Abraham, of Abraham? Yes. Yeah. 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 So like super amazing channel, medium spirit, amazing human, someone similar to her, the name is slipping my mind, but my business partner sent this to me when I was on a sabbatical and I literally lost it. The quote is the unknown is where the rest of you resides. Yeah. I mean, of course, unknown, pioneering, like that's yes. just my soul. Yes. But to me, that means untapped parts of ourselves actually lie smack dab in the uncertainty, in the uncomfortability, in yeah. the unknown. And we have to have faith and we have to just leap and we're going to find parts of ourselves and almost like put our puzzle piece back together again. Yeah. And the other one, I love the cosmos. I love the stars. I love light and dark. Uh, I actually have this one tattooed on my body. Without the dark, we'd never see the stars. I like yeah. it. We need, we need cool. both. Yes, we, we do. Absolutely. Darkness, to show, to have light. appreciation for each. Exactly. You need to experience both 100%. Yep. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine Alexandria? Oh man, that actually is an easy one because every night I'm laying in bed and I'm like, who do I want to be tomorrow? And it always pulls me back to the stage when I am, you know, thinking of the best version of myself. It is in my power suit. It's on a dream stage where I can really share my gifts in a way that can inspire impact and influence hundreds and thousands of people. I just, I'm getting very clear on what is my purpose here on earth and what am I supposed to do? I'm, every day I get clearer on that. And I'm in this position of every day I'm re- more and more ready to share my gifts with the world in a way that can, going back to one of your questions, raise the vibration yeah. of humans and of the planet. And every time I think of that, it's my ass on a stage. Like Love it. I want to lay and sleep and potentially <laughs> be buried on the stage. <laughs> Alexandria, what is your why? Yeah, I can't help but go back to the reason why we birth purpose pioneers. It's creating this world where people really can align what they do to make money with what they do to experience meaning. That is my dream for every human being because I've been to the other side, the feeling of sharing your God-given gifts with the world in a way that is received, in a way that inspires people to action, in a way that moves people. It's an unearthly feeling. It, this is like supernatural, interstellar, like, wow, the, that feeling of this thing that is a part of me can actually change someone's life for the better. That is my why and what gets me out of bed every single morning. That is the best feeling in the world. There's no it feeling is. like it. It's unmatchable. It's, it's un- yeah. It's, it's like remarkable. winning the lottery. It is. And it, you know what, Brad? It's winning the lottery every fucking day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It truly, truly is to be able to have impact on people with what you do, with sharing your gifts with them. It's the best fucking feeling in the world. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely incredible. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Mm, I'd probably say Amelia Earhart. Okay. Because I believe she was a true pioneer of her time. And I would just love to pick her brain on what was going through her mind when she was making these big, bold, courageous moves, challenging the status quo. What was it like flying in the sky, right? Like talk about freedom and pioneering, like damn planes is a really great version of that. For sure. I would just love to know the inner workings of her heart and her soul. Cause I think it, you know, especially during that time when women were not doing those things, Yeah. I admire the women who just 
say fuck the status quo. Yeah, I don't care about sure. roles. I don't care about society, what society tells me to be. I'm going to be who I want to be. That, oh, we could talk probably for more than an hour. Oh, I'm sure. Trailblazers, <laughs> that's what it is. Yes, I love the trailblazers, the rebels, like yeah. the status quo breakers. Sign yeah. me up for that. <laughs> Alexandria, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You know, I love this question because it's my non-answer answer. I would actually (laughs) not tell my younger self anything at all because I really believe that I had to go through. I wouldn't want to, you know, go back in time and tell myself something that could potentially shift the trajectory or direction of my life because I had to go through my shit. I had to go through my pain. I had to operate from what it is that I knew back then. So I would, I would just keep it as is. (laughs) That is cool. There you go. (laughs) Lastly, Alexandra, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? Or what words of wisdom would you impart? This this is awesome. It's going to be a little similar to some things we talked about, but it's funny you're asking this because this is quite literally the last 30 seconds of every talk that I deliver on stage anywhere that I'm at, no matter what I'm teaching, No matter who I'm talking to, it sounds a little bit like this. I say, hey, if anything you heard today moved you, inspired you in just 1%, it reawakened something in your heart. It sparked something meaningful inside of you. I want you to remember that things don't take time. They take courage. Time is simply a witness that watches you do or not do. And courage is this wrecking ball that comes in and helps you be who you want to be and do what you want to do. And astound yourself at what you can do in record-breaking time. So let's put our little courage caps on. Let's go be the people we've always dreamed of. And let's play in the field of possibility. Fuck yeah. I love it. <laughs> awesome. What a, what a great way to end. In a beautiful little bow of where we yes. started. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Alexandria, thank you so much for being here with me today. This conversation has been so incredibly beautiful and inspirational. You are a truly beautiful soul and just keep inspiring, keep doing all the beautiful work you're doing, keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world. It was an absolute honor to have you here. I am honored, excited, so happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for making the time. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brad. I just want to take a real quick moment to celebrate you. This honestly was my favorite podcast interview (laughs) ever. Seriously. And I've done a lot, just the thoughtfulness and the intention that I know you put into these questions and really almost curating my story and all the things that you pulled out of me. So I just want to celebrate you. I can tell how much you care about your movement. I can tell how much you care about the humans that are on your platform. And I just, I feel so seen and heard and celebrated. And I'm just really excited to see who this inspires and moves. And we just all get to further our movements and share our messages together. So thank you for the work that you put into this. It really shows. And it was an amazing experience. Wow. Thank you so much. I'm I'm moved by those incredibly beautiful and powerful words. And thank you for showing and, and sharing your appreciation. That means a hell of a lot to me coming from you, truly. That is so incredibly kind of you to say. And just know I appreciate you and 
all the work you're doing, I think is amazing. So thank you for being here and sharing your story and your journey. And if we can touch and impact just one person with this, with your story, that's our job done. So I'm sure it will impact many, many more because of who you are and the work you're doing. So thank you. Truly, that means so much to me, Alexandria. I'm, yeah. I'm blushing and <laughs> I'm, I'm truly, truly honored to have you here. Yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to see where the magic takes us. <laughs> Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Alexandria Agresta. She is the co-founder and co-owner of Purpose Pioneers and also a TEDx speaker. Thank you so much, Alexandria. I hope you have an amazingly beautiful rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.